Pitsill Racers and Rental Cars Podcast with your hosts, Top Fuel Cam, Cameron Foray, and his co-host, Mr. Top Sportsman, Don O'Neill. Keep on till they can't ignore you. Put it out for the Wigan Warriors. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Racers and Rental Cars Podcast, where we talk everything motorsports marketing related, the ins and the outs, the do's and the don'ts, the turning lefts, going straights, the rumors and the gossips. We are here to entertain you in the world of motorsports. So Cameron Frey and I greatly appreciate it. Thank you for rating, review, subscribe, telling 10 of your closest friends, and let's get into this week's episode. What's up, West Coast Cam? Not too much, man. Just waiting for my wife to pop out a baby here any second. We're on high alert for <laughs> my daughter to be coming into this world. Sound like you Sounds like you're waiting on the oven to go bing. Literally. Angie spit out a kid. <laughs> Any second. Any well, second. She's about to be spitting that thing out. Look, I don't know that we could get a higher rating than for Angie to come running in while we're recording our podcast and going, my water broke. <laughs> you know what's really funny? I actually thought of that before we started because I'm actually in the house this time because they've got some construction going on outside. So I brought her, brought her into the house, into the office, and I literally thought that. I'm like, you know what? That's going to be really freaking funny if that happens. Dude, we will but, have some all-time high. So, yes, if high. I have to take a quick, uh, oh, shit, I'm out of here, yeah, that's why. So I just want – you just let her know. I want her to come running in while we're recording and yell, Cam, my water broke. Because, we'll, I mean, I don't know that we'll get higher ratings than that Clean one right there. Clean up on aisle four. That's Clean exactly right. That's exactly right. Well, this week's episode of Racers and Rental Cars, we are going down under to Australia to talk to – Top Fuel Royalty, the Lamatina family, will be yes, coming sir. in later on. Uh, of course, Cam had the privilege to grace the cockpit of their Top Fuel ride a couple years ago. And uh, so, how fitting. I think it was actually this week. So, uh, yeah, as it I was. Yeah, so I saw that pop up in my social media memoirs. And so it'll be cool to have Phil on the show. But Cam, before we get into there, let's get caught up on the comings and the goings in the world of motorsports. Oh, speaking I, of that, we did get some hate mail. I could read that off to you here. Oh, my God. The More Postmaster hate mail. Gen- The Postmaster More. General, Cam yes. first. Postmaster General. And it says, unpopular thought. Dear Cam, what is Don's problem? He, I'm just kidding. I was getting ready to say, how one-sided is this that they only write you? I mean, I'm just saying. So, it does. It doesn't have a name, so I'm not. I'm just gonna go with anonymous because I know some people. The title is unpopular thought, so I'm a little nervous. But it says, with Atlanta Dragway for sale and most likely not remaining a drag strip, I have thought that it's not going to be popular with many people. I love the tradition of the Winter Nationals, but Pomona does not exactly fill the stands enough for two events to provide that good of racing. Unless development was likely to be a problem with a track long-term in Atlanta, that place sold out a bunch and is in a region way more interesting in drag racing than California. To an extent, yes, but I'm, I think, I don't know the capacity of stands that Atlanta has in comparison to California, but I will tell you that California at Pomona, the stands are ginormous. 
And that may actually factor into some of that. And I don't know why they they cord off some of it and they put banners and stuff because they could probably fill a lot more. Um, actually, maybe with all the social distancing rules now, they'll probably open up every freaking stand they could possibly find now to because it'll be one person every 19 feet. So there'll be about 12 people in the stands uh, coming at the next race. But yeah, uh, I mean, Atlanta was cool. I liked it when I went there. And um, But my only thought, do you think that has anything to do with Coca-Cola not being involved, considering Atlanta was like the big Coca-Cola, oh, you know, got to impress everybody at Coke, this and that, because they were based out of there? So I guess the unpopular thought is, is that we – why did we sell Atlanta and keep Pomona? Is that what I mean? I was li- waiting for your question. I guess no. That that's pretty much it. Okay. Uh, so so, so uh, here we'll do we'll do the we'll do some business education here to that's really more supporting of the unpopular thought. Uh, the problem with it is is uh, I think I think most people know this or maybe they don't know this. We don't own Pomona. I was I just going to say, it's, it's owned by the people. Uh, it's Pomona Raceway is actually on the property of the L.A. County Fairgrounds, which obviously is owned by the county. So, yeah. I mean, I'm we sure lease. they, yeah, NHRA owns the rights. It's like in the back, it's in the side corner, but still, yes, it's on the property. And it's very, very populated around that. So, yeah, who, it's- who knows? That's a lease program. Now, yes. so for, from that standpoint, you know, what do you have when when you have a lease, right? So I mean, let let's talk let's talk about that from a from a standpoint. You uh, you know, you lease a vehicle, and then when you go and you're done with your lease, you turn it back in, right? And then you then you pay penalty payments for mileage and so forth outside the terms of your lease. NHRA renewing their lease in Pomona in California. I am sure, and I, and I say that because, I mean, I, I got to give them credit, right? They, they have not held the ship together uh, this long without there being some, some business savvy that goes on, right? I am sure. Yeah, because for those that don't know. Wording, yeah, that went into there is a lot of politics that go around that track because if you've never been there legitimately you could probably throw a rock from the starting line and i'm not exaggerating a very small rock or via very big rock even across the street like the the track runs parallel with a, a normal like residential street across that street is literally a neighborhood of houses yep and yes they bought a a, a house right next to the la county fairgrounds but yeah, I mean, it's very, very, very populated right where it, that is. So there's a lot that goes into even getting. That's why there's only two events a year there. They have, exactly. They have two events and one rainout date, I think, is like literally all the county gives them. And that's even like super, yeah, super hard to get. So um, we're lucky to have it. So I think if they drop it down to one, to be honest, if it drops down to one, that'll be like, I don't think you'll get the other one back. So I don't think they're really ready to do that yet. Considering that drag racing was, you know, so that SoCal was kind of the birthplace of a lot of this stuff. So, um, but yeah, but as far as Atlanta, uh, NHRA owns Atlanta. And I mean, if they're needing money, like they probably sit there and look at what all they own and say, well, what's, what's the smallest region or what's like, you know, what can we get the most money for? And I mean, there's a lot of business aspects that go into that, but 
I didn't think Atlanta track was all that bad. I thought it was wasn't bad. So, well, I I don't know. I don't know that I would say that it was a region uh, to to disembark the southeast region of the country when it comes to drag racing and NHRA has a tough time, right? Because once once you get to the Georgia state line, it's it's some very large states. You're talking about Georgia and Florida, and those are those are large states that truly most people only want to race a few months out of the year hard because of the weather. You get into the summertime, I mean, I think Anthony Bertozzi said it best. It's the re- reason why he took off in the summer. He don't like racing. It's hot. Why you want to yeah. race when it's hot? No, I'm just kidding. Not to throw Anthony out there. but um, So I don't know necessarily it had anything to do with the region. I also think it had a lot to do with the fact that that was a very valuable piece of property in that area. And probably of the properties that NHRA owns that had viable, let's say, future, Atlanta was probably a slim picking. It probably didn't help the situation that there was no longer a Coke relationship. <laughs> um, so, but I, you know, and I don't know that that had anything to do with it in, in the grand schemes of dollars and cents. Uh, but it was the closest facility to the Coca-Cola headquarters, um, in Atlanta. So, um, I don't know necessarily if our, our listener with the hate mail for the unpopular thought, um, I just think that was a business decision. And if you need equity or you need capital to continue to grow a company, or, or make the improvements that you need to do for your infrastructure, you, you have to do, you ha- sometimes you have to do things. I mean, if you think about it now, if we go, and this is an unpopular thought, let's think that we do not have one race happen in Pomona in 2021. Yeah, it's- well, on the bright side, Pomona is now a vaccine site. As a matter of fact, they announced it on the news. The L.A. County Fairgrounds, you can now get your COVID vaccine. So maybe if you come in and you get a shot on the way in, they'll let – I don't know. I'm just thinking out loud here. <laughs> We're going to do two-for-one special. Buy yeah. a ticket, get a, a vaccination. Okay. All right. or, you pay, uh, or you pay for the whole vaccine and all you get is the nitro. Uh, there you go. Maybe maybe so. That's not, not bad. So, yeah. So, I mean, that to me would be the more unpopular thought. Again, I don't know the legal ramifications or the wording in it. Did they did they sign a multi year lease? Is it, is it always a year to year lease? I mean, I don't know, um, but I know that that could that very well could be a significant unpopular thought to think that come twenty twenty one, we do not complete one event at the headquarters of NHRA. Uh, that that would be an unpopular thought, um, and at this point, I, I I'd be venturing to say that I'd want to call up Vegas and see who's got the prop bets for uh, how many NHRA races take place west of Tulsa, Oklahoma, in 2021. So I don't know if anybody'd want to take those odds, but I I'm listening. Yeah, it's it's uh, I rumors I heard was Pomona. Phoenix and uh, Vegas weren't looking too promising, and or Seattle, Sonoma, (laughs) 
pretty much anything that you were stating. So, I mean, let's hope that's not true, especially for my case, because, I mean, I live on the Ooh. West Coast. But just saying. Wah, wah. Sounds like me asking asking my first prom date out. Eh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so you're telling me there's a chance. Telling you there's a chance, for sure. Absolutely. All right, well, let, let's, uh, I mean, thanks for sending in the hate mail at racersandrentalcars.com. Please keep those coming in. We will get to them. And our, our individual that sent the hate mail in last week that we didn't get to, want to try to get to them at the end of the show. Um, I don't want to forget them. We need to, we need to get to them because I, I want to I go over something with them. Uh, so don't, don't think that we, didn't, we forgot you and we're not going to get to you. Let's talk about I'll something positive. Yeah, let's let's hear it because I want to get on the I want to get on the horn. You want to get on the horn boy, with I want to get on the uh, horn with my boy soon because you know it's pretty. You know, in order to in order to <laughs> dial down there, man, we're not even going to be able to afford the phone call. Well, lucky for you that Streetway Marketing and Media has a nice Skype account, <laughs> and we went ahead and picked up the tab to uh, to get the squirrels spun up. To get the electricity and, and the sound going down there to Australia, to your buddy Phil, we're gonna get him spooled up here. I, you know, if we were doing YouTube, I'd be concerned whether or not he'd get on air and the video <clears throat> camera would come live and he's drinking a Foster's <clears throat> or something. I don't know if that may be. I, I mean, I I do need to ask. I want to know if if real Australians drink Foster's beer. I want to know that, right? I do. I mean, because I'm a marketing guy, right? Because well, I'm going to be... to tell you that they don't. But you want to talk about a meat pie? Mm-hmm. A yes. meat pie, huh? Is that pizza? Yes. No. I don't even really know how to describe it. We'll let Phil let you describe it, but it is, it is heaven in your mouth is what it is. Easy. I, I had, my, I had my first experience with one, and you know they all laughed at me, but Let's just call him up, then he can explain what the hell a meat All pie right. is. All right, let me get the credit card out and start ringing. Here we go. <laughs> Phil, are you there, sir? I'm here. How are you? Welcome. <laughs> How's it going down there? <laughs> it's going all right. We're in the middle of summer, so it's good. Yeah, see, he's living the dream out there. It's summer 24-7 at Phil's house. Uh, yeah, we, uh, we live in a real... Yeah, great part of uh, of the of the world, I suppose, or great part of Australia. So, in a place called a uh, little place called Weeman in northern Victoria. So, if anyone wants to get their maps out and have a <laughs> bit of a look, uh, it's on the border of uh, Victoria and New South Wales. So, we farm here with with uh, my family and my brothers, and um, yeah, we grow a few carrots. One or two carrots. Yeah, wait, 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 wait! I, I see. This this goes to show you how horrible Cam is at pre-production. Wait a minute, you grow carrots, so that means like if I go into the grocery stores here in the United States and I see carrots that are from Australia, you know they put those what country the vegetables or the fruits are from. I mean, I need to know what brands you're selling your carrots to because I want to support somebody. Way Don, over in Australia. Let me just let me just put it this way: their top fuel car is called the Carrot Kings for a reason. Just saying. What? Well, I mean, hey, you might as well. I mean, it's a great business write-off. Just saying. <laughs> it's more than a decal. I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, that's, and that's that's the way it goes. So yeah, no, we we probably we grow about uh, about seventy thousand ton of carrots a year. One or two carrots, like I said, one or two carrots. <laughs> seventy 
thousand tons. Correct. How much land does it take to grow <laughs> seventy thousand tons of carrots? Look, it's not too bad. Um, I can work in uh, acres for you guys because uh, we're hectares over here, but. Um, about roughly about two thousand acres of carrots that we grow per year. That's a good amount of acreage. You got. He's no, gonna have. It. Go ahead. You got no bugs, bunnies running around there eating carrots and stuff, do you? <laughs> and no, no bugs, bunny. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, yeah, I haven't heard that one once or twice today. Sorry, uh, but have you ever seen a rabbit with glasses? Have I ever seen a rabbit with glasses? Yeah. No. No. No, I know. Horrible it's, joke. Horrible joke. It's, it's a <laughs> so for those for those that uh, you know, welcome Phil. Welcome to the show. We're happy to have you. And you know the carrots. Um, for those that don't know, uh, I can. Do I have to? Sorry, I was going to say, do I have to call you West Coast Cam or not? No, no, no. You don't have to do that. Just Don does that. You're welcome he, to, but you, know, you can call him Jack Frost too. Yeah, he answers to Jack Frost. <laughs> Phil Lamartina is the owner of the t- the top field car that I drove down in Australia, along with uh, his other team, his main A team, um, the Carrot Kings top field dragster in uh, the Australian world of top fuel. And he is not only the driver, but he was also a team owner with his brothers. For they've been in top fuel for a very very long time. Phil's been driving. I mean, how long have you been driving? Oh yeah, nearly yeah over. Yeah, over 15 years now, about yeah. 15 years. Yeah. 15 years, had a little hiatus, came back to uh, wreak vengeance on all his competitors, and then this damn did COVID-19 decided to just throw a wrench in his works. So, But I thought it would be a good idea to bring it on, and you know, Phil always hits me up. He's like, dude, you need to have me on the show. We got. I want to give Don some shit, so here we are. So, um, But uh, no, the biggest thing is I wanted to hear – I wanted Phil to explain you know, how awesome – the drag racing scene is down in Australia for one. Uh, because I, I, people ask me all the time, like, how was it down there? I'm like, dude, it's, it's, I mean, it's way smaller than it is here, but it's big in comparison to what they got going down. I mean, the car counts were huge, way more than I thought. And they packed the house. I mean, at least from what I saw. So, um, tell us a little bit about your championship down there and, or what a non COVID year would look like for an Australian top field team. Okay. So, a non-COVID year would, would look that we, we normally start the season around that October, November, and then obviously we're chasing the summer. So we go through from then all the way through to June, which is culminates into the Winter Nationals. There was six. There's normally six rounds of the championship. Um, so at the moment we race between Sydney and, and Willowbank Raceway, so up in, in Queensland at Ipswich. Uh, obviously, Cam, you raced over at uh, you raced in Sydney at uh, Sydney Dragway. Um, that facility now is also too, which we haven't seen yet, obviously with COVID. But um, uh, during COVID, took a, a major major upgrade with the track surface and also too um, in the stands and um, in the pit area a little bit as well. So that's going to be great to get back up there and have a look at the, the improvements. Apparently, the the racing surface surface is pretty much second to none. In the world, nearly um, they've done it, yeah, really flat and smooth. And and Willowbank's an interesting uh, racetrack where it's got a lot of history. Um, the Winter Nationals prove 
to be the great conditions for, you know, setting hopefully some records. So we've done it. We do a bit of match racing and we go over to Perth Motorplex, which is another uh, one of my probably favourite well-run facilities over over there. Um, we do a bit of match racing. So that's that's normally fills in a bit of a year for us and on a, you know, semi-professional, semi-sort of hobby-type basis. So, yeah, it's it's pretty good. And, and this, you know, with the competition at the moment with, you know, the Rappasadas and uh, Pete Zibris uh, and ourselves and, uh, you know, Phil, Phil Reed with uh, Brother Bruce, um, you know, you've got to be there's – no, there's no easy path you know, going through to the final. So um, the, all the cars are competitive in the 380 mark and um, obviously the Rapposatas have dipped into the 370s, which, you know, is, is, is a good feat, especially for Australia for our limited time that we're out there. So um, competition's good, real good. Yeah, absolutely. I can attest to that. I mean, that was the biggest thing is a lot of people thought, oh, well, when you go down there, I mean, is it kind of like everything's a few years from – you know, everything a few years ago here goes down there kind of thing. But no, like you guys should, I mean, Phil's operation is one of the nicest, I would call it in the world. Um, even including anything in the States. I mean, it's, it's state of the art stuff. His, the, the cars are brand new. I mean, you guys buy everything from the States and have it shipped down in containers and everything. So, I mean, it's, it's no holds bar, you know, they're, yeah, they're, they're doing it. It's not just, he calls it, Phil likes to call it hobby racing, but they're out there for blood. <laughs> Oh, well, that's that's for sure. Like, I think, you know, I don't want to throw Cam under the bus, but that pass at night, I think, for Cam where... Uh, yeah, I know. There we it, go. You to, are you allowed... You want to finish that story, Cam? Yeah, we're, we're... They went to the left a little bit, which I should have stayed in it, and I didn't, and it probably would have been one of the, the fastest passes like that car, that particular car had ever made. But, yes, I'd stepped <laughs> off of it. Yeah. What? Oh, yep. this, wait, hold on. The yeah. show is taking a different direction tonight because <laughs> this is the first that we are hearing about young Cam, West Coast Cam, <laughs> our Cam, my buddy Cam. You <laughs> stepped off? Yeah, well, uh, it's, it's all his uh, stuff. Let I me tell know. you. The, yeah. Here, let's <laughs> tell you. Sorry, so we're on. We do a lot of we do a lot of nighttime racing, so that's where probably you guys probably aren't used to it. So in Cam's defence, it was his sort of he was you know his first time in the car and everything, and we're on the start line and um, the car takes off and and it sort of you can't see exactly it too much, but he's got off it and um, I turned to my brother Angelo and I said, "Geez, what do you th- what do you th- sort of thinks happened there?" And he goes. Uh, no, nah, he shit himself. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, no, no, no. Something like the blowabouts come off. It wasn't eating itself up or anything silly like that. It just it just stopped. And um, he, and I said, no, nah, no. Nah. So we go back, have a look at the data. And, yeah, sure enough, I know for a fact that the data never lies, even though, you know, when you're driving, you can you can sort of, you know, bullshit the 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 crew chief but you can't and uh, the data never lies and uh, yeah he just uh, he pack it up a little bit poor old Cam yeah uh, yeah no I mean it's like I said it's I mean he said it all right I mean it was all new stuff it was dark and you know it went to the left a little bit which I now looking back on obviously it would it was a no big deal 
but you know it's all new stuff i don't want to go out there and do something stupid with somebody that you know i just met and and all that stuff so you know but yeah i wish i would have stayed in it now when you look at it because hell i would have been in the record books down there (laughs) wait a minute what lane were you in uh left lane uh yeah it was left lane yeah Yeah, okay when i when i learned how to drive i got taught if you're in the left lane and it's going left it's okay to lift if you're in the right lane and it's going left you just stay in it because (laughs) the engine's turning to the right it's going to come back just keep going Yep. All right, that's new. All right, Phil bringing some breaking news that Cam lifted. Okay, all right. This, this, I mean, it's not going to be as good as Angie running in and saying, hey, my water broke, but that's pretty good for the show tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. Uh, you could, um, I'll let you milk this one for a while. You can hang it on him for a bit. I've waited yeah. two years to tell this story. Yeah, right, exactly. Oh, Phil, next time, email me direct. Call me direct. <laughs> we, we, we will push everybody out of the way to get this in here. Hold on. Wait a minute. We got a story about Cam. Okay. Yep. Well, so I, I'm going to let's let's do something for the audience real quick. So now you're saying that down there. So you have six or you guys eight car fields. Is that what what you do? Or s- yeah, we're, we're an eight car field. Yes. And um, yeah, around three rounds to the final. And um, so normally we we have this like six cars, but um, we normally sometimes have a few extra people coming in. So, you know, sometimes we're getting seven, eight cars max. Yeah. Okay. And now you said three eighties. Are you guys still running? Are you guys still running quarter mile or are you guys running thousand foot? No, we're running a thousand foot. We've been running uh, for a while now. Yeah. Did you make the, did the Australian racers make the change the same time that uh, the American racers Made the change there, Phil? Oh, uh, well, that's another contentious issue for us Aussies, but um, <laughs> we didn't We didn't make the – no, we didn't make the change immediately, um, but through the pressure of the, the top fuel teams, it come a little bit earlier. Um, I was one of probably the, the ones that said that we should stay quarter mile, but um, – now that we're now that we have changed to a thousand foot, um, I would still love to you know go back. Uh, my goal one once I, I haven't run a four forty in a in quarter mile, which I would have loved to, but you know that's those are the breaks. But three nine, uh, sorry three uh, thousand foot racing has tightened the competition up a fair bit and put a lot more onus back on the drivers now, and um, there's not. That we're not hurting nowhere near as many parts, and um, so look, I'll be honest. For the sport of of drag racing, I think a thousand foot um, has been beneficial. But as a purist, um, you know, you can't be a quarter mile. So yeah, it's just. But yeah, we have changed. We've got the electromotion stuff as well on the finish line. So we're all. It's all good. Like the safety aspects. Yeah. Well, speaking of safety aspects, talk a little bit about a lot of listeners probably don't know. Um, you went through some safety situations, you know, with you as a driver, you were involved in a couple incidents that um, were pretty catastrophic. Um, talk a little bit about what you feel the safety wise, you know, in these cars and all that stuff and, you know, how you feel or if there's anything that we need to do better with these cars, since you would know firsthand. 
Yeah, look, Cam, obviously um, the first accident I had was that was probably a little bit our own fault where we um, a little bit new to, you know, top fuel and um, we weren't exactly um, diligent on the on the chassis and the cracks and that had a crack just uh, behind the fuel tank and subsequently, you know, the, the, the chassis broke in half. So that was, that was it. And then from that point in time we said, you know, um, we update the chassis uh, on a regular, probably more regular than we should have. You know, that was just a bit of an overkill. But while I was in the car or anybody that was in the car driving for us, we were going to just rotate the chassis. So we bought, since that car, we oh, quite a number of chassis in between. But then in the 2015 accident, that was uh, that was a brand new car. Um, I'm going to name drop here, but that's just... I suppose I have to to get the story across, but we bought uh, a McKinney uh, dragster, which we had already purchased before, like chassis before. This brand new McKinney dragster, unfortunately, um, didn't have the stringers in the in the chassis, and on its basically on its first uh, on its second f- full pass, it um, it uh, made a move. I corrected it and basically it compromised the chassis just in front of the tube, in front of the uh, the foot box and went into a power wheel stand and that's where it, you know, went north and I was lucky enough to survive but I, in the impact, um, had totally shattered my vertebra. I uh, spent 18 days in hospital. Uh, they put a new bit of bone in me, in my spine, four screws, two rods, and about three months recovery before I could, you know, just get out and about a little bit. But really, probably 12 months before I could do normal stuff again. Um, since then, I suppose I've been a little bit disappointed with the way things have gone with the chassis, but. You know, ever since um, Dixon's crash, it was a little bit disappointing to say that I didn't believe that they thought us Aussies had any credibility about what was going on and what we were sort of saying. And I think that was probably the most disappointing part about, um, you know, the accident and to learn from it because it's okay to have an accident, but when no one wants to listen to learn, that's that's the hard that's the hard part. So probably initially um, that. The accident turned, you know, accident turned, you know, in the normal process, I think, as humans. We went from, you know, I went from being sort of, oh, yeah, fortunate, you know, lucky, oh, yeah, that's good, uh, but then turned to anger. And then once I got over that, um, it was like, okay, now I need to try and advocate for safety and and on especially on the chassis. And then um, to, to see Leah's... Um, crash was totally preventable that that did not have to happen at all working with um a very good friend richie uh crampton at at mlr um that's the car that we got now um driving with um with all the bars in it um yeah leah's chassis did not have to fail like it did that's for sure so hopefully the powers to be have learnt the people around the cars understand that um there's cars that are built properly to the specs with um plenty of bars in it that are winning championships 
um, you know, three in a row. Obviously, they're doing something right. Um, and the what's the name? The 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 edge is not going to come from the chassis. It's going to come from the tuner. So and the driver. So that's what I'd like to advocate as best without going into much other than that. Well, any, I mean, any time that an accident happens, right? So I guess, I mean, for me, I, I have wrecked a couple of times. I was there like feet away from when Leah's car went up and came down and moments later she comes riding by on, you know, on a golf cart. Anytime that an accident happens and people walk away, we have to learn something, right? So, I mean, it's it's kind of it's kind of ironic that we're having you on the show this week as we're getting, you know, here in the next few weeks, we're going to have the Daytona 500. It's the 20th anniversary of Dale Earnhardt getting killed, right? And there were, they still to this day say that there were things in the work safety-wise that they hope or think or know that would have saved his life if they had implemented them in a timely manner versus kind of looking at expenses and planning and programming and so forth. And so, again, Ryan Newman, a year ago, Cam and I, you know, sitting here talking about the fact that it wasn't good to watch that accident and how he walked out of a hospital, you know, four days later with his kids. Um, you have to be, you have to go through those stages, you know, oh man, I'm, Golly, I'm glad I'm okay. Yeah, man, I'm mad that that even happened. It shouldn't have happened. Okay, now I got to go out here and be a cheerleader and get people to listen to me because I've walked through it and I've lived through it and I've recovered from it and I've got all this nice hardware in my back to prove that, you know, what it can do to you. You do. You have to be an advocate for it. And, uh, and when it happens and it happens out of laziness or... I don't want to use other adjectives to describe, but when, when you just, when, when that happens, right. And, and so it's wrong, right. We, I mean, it's just wrong when you don't take the time and the effort to go through and do the best you possibly can for everyone. Right. And, yep. um, and I think that's, and it has to be all involved. You know, I mean, I, I was, you know, back in the day, I was probably one of the first dozen that started wearing a hybrid and super comp going 890 racing and i had yep. you know i had a hybrid in the military they always tell us you know you have to do everything there's a stupid phrase it's called alara as as low as reasonably possible right or allowable i'm sorry and that's what you have to do to everything that's a risk factor if it's a risk how can we minimize the risk to where the risk is none the risk will always be high because we're idiots and we get in these cars and go fast right with a bunch of yep. mechanical parts that are made by people and so for you to live through that and feel still to this day, you know, six years and you're still passionate about being an advocate for safety, that says something. And hopefully, hopefully people down there are listening to you and hopefully people up here are listening to you uh, as being that advocate. I'm a little well, shocked that they didn't bring you in on you were saying that they didn't really listen to you much when all that happened, which that kind of shocks me. I mean, especially you know, yeah, sure, it's another country, but you're buying everything from us. I think, I think more importantly, um, Don, you you touched on it. What you, the words you just said now were, were absolutely spot on. I suppose at the end of the day, for me personally, you know, I didn't want to be that person. I don't, I, I don't want to be that person that 
that has to advocate for safety. But unfortunately, I'm going to be known for the person that's, you know, had that crash. So, you know, at the end of the day, uh, I have to just, uh, you know, take it on the chin and, and run with it because that's that's part of me now. And if if that's just how it is. So I've learned that one. So I am an advocate and I like to speak passionately about that sort of stuff. Now, Cam, the answer to your question is, look, we sent a bunch of stuff over at the time, but I think at the end of the day, um, really, you know, I think the powers to be actually did know what needed to happen. So it was encouraging that for me that I knew in the background things were happening, but not to the point where it was involving us directly, if you know what I mean. So right. the other the other thing we haven't tried just yet, which, sorry, not to try, but actually ran the car. Um, uh, since the accident, we've been also too been thinking about other things about how if it did happen again, what other uh, features we could have on the car that maybe might help. And we just finished which we haven't ran yet because of COVID but we just finished putting um, basically the the burst panel wire um, plugs right across right along the the four chassis rails from the foot box all the way to the front we're originally going to run cable like steel cable like the burst panel so when it broke it pulled the tether and the tether deployed the chutes and shut the engine and all that but uh, when we thought about it and thought about it, um, when the chassis was uh, folds up on itself, it actually becomes shorter. So it was going to be impossible unless it actually broke away for the tether to actually maybe um, deploy. So what we've done is we've actually put a plug on each upright. So if any part of the chassis breaks for any reason, um, it'll pull the pull the plug and deploy the um, the safety features like it normally would on a burst panel. So um, we haven't ran that yet. We haven't tried it. We don't know if we're going to how tight we need to make the cable ties on each cable to allow for the flex. So there could be a, a couple of maybe aborted runs. Maybe uh, we don't know, but we're willing to abort a couple of runs if it means that we can fine-tune the, the safety feature. So once that gets on board um, and we've done a few runs and we've um, shown that it, it actually can work, well, we'll be passing that information on that to anybody that wants to listen. So um, that's going to be available as well, hopefully soon. That's awesome. I mean, it's it's crazy to, to think that, you know, it's like one of those things like, man, why don't we think of that sooner? You know what I mean? Like that, it's just, just even you describing it, it's like, wow, we should have had that 10 years ago. But I mean, yeah, you well, know what I mean? But it's just yeah. hindsight, right? But it's like, man, that's awesome that you guys are implementing that. And, you know, and me as a driver, like that's anything you can get like that is uh, is really, really cool. And I mean, I have a question for you with you being involved in a, a situation like that. How do you feel about a canopy, Dragster? Um, I don't, I'll be honest, I don't believe a canopy for drag racing um circuit racing i can see the halo is is great you know like what they've implemented in formula one right um a canopy for top fuel with 
the way the, the cars are built now with the titanium head shields and the windscreens basically coming up nearly to the top and with just ma- mainly really it's just a little manhole that you can get out of it's practically a, a, a canopy and I don't I don't believe uh, a canopy as a safety feature is is warranted at this stage in a top fuel a rear engine top fuel dragster that's it yeah a front engine uh, a front engine nitro funny car basically you you sort of you got a canopy with the foot box and the shields coming up around you and the and the body coming down the way they've done them is is i believe is brilliant um the way the the car when there's an engine explosion the tethers to hold the car the body um from flying off and all that sort of thing i think that's brilliant um but a canopy on a top fuel car mm, no nah, not i don't think that's on the top priority of uh of safety features that could be implemented um in a in a drag so i was even thinking and it's the um on impact uh the foam fill like um like airbags in a i believe an airbag system in a in a car even a even a even a door car um i think would be pretty cool as well so i think safety features like that could be implement like could be developed yeah sooner than it or rather than a canopy yeah yeah no i i agree with that and i mean it's good it's good to hear something like that from somebody that's been through an unfortunate incident such as that and um, but i kind of feel the same way about a canopy i mean i've never driven a canopy dragster but i I don't really see the need to like if i had to pick i it wouldn't really matter to me like they're both sitting there and they say pick which one you want i mean like you say the windscreens and and the head shields and everything those are the things that are going to save you not necessarily the same windshield just maybe what 12 inches from (laughs) from the top of where the roll cage is and with the with a canopy car, obviously the Rapposadas do have one, and uh, Wayne Newby drives it. And, and talking to Wayne, sometimes, uh, especially because we mentioned it earlier, we do a fair amount of nighttime racing. At nighttime, uh, Wayne does his vision does become a little bit uh, narrowed with the canopy. So I'll be I'll be honest. In Australia, we <laughs> yeah we would in nighttime racing uh, a non canopy car would be preferable. Yeah, and you know what's funny? My one of my other theories on that is like, if that sucker was upside down, mm-hmm. and you needed to get out, you can't get out, and that's what makes me nervous. I don't like that. But anyway, anyway. <laughs> well, so what else we got? What else we got? This is good. Well, no, I was a good. That was a good. Uh, a good bit of information right there. So let's let's talk about the the process. How how tough the process is for teams in Australia to function with basically, I, I mean, am I, is it safe to say or assume that 90% of your stuff comes out of the United States for your odd, odd, odd hundred? Yeah, it's close to nearly, it's, yeah, it's basically nearly a hundred percent. Um, all the stuff it's, um, Oh, we've become, a, well, it's not too bad because we haven't got a huge – well, we do have a, a fairly tough schedule, but we do plan and we know um, – we work with um, Mike Domagala from PMP. Um, he services a lot of teams over here in Australia. His service is impeccable. His uh, freight deal with DHL is second to none. Um, basically, 
the quickest we've got stuff here from the US is shipped on Thursday and we would have it um, our Monday. So four days. That's, that's Are you kidding me? That's four good. days? <laughs> for, no, from no. the States to Australia? Yep, with DHL. So obviously I'm giving a few plugs away there, but uh, with Mike... Uh, with PMP, he's um, he knows he knows the teams, he knows Australia, he knows the freight deal. He he um, obviously we work as best we possibly can with um, the uh, the US manufacturers. Um, we deal with basically the same people that you know you guys deal with. So at the end of the day, there is a certain amount of of you would call it stock on shelf, um, and different teams have. Uh, a couple of different relationships, and he's, you know, fortunate enough to be able to source used parts as well um, off certain teams over there as well as new. So, um, and and the beauty about Mike is he's, uh, he's, you know, involved with, you know, Nitro Racing, so um, it's easy to just get on the phone and explain, listen, Mike, I need, you know, this, this and this, and I need uh, so many of them, and bang, he just, he sources it and, and bang, they, they they turn up. So it's pretty good. It's real good. That's awesome. Now with with your rigorous schedule and you guys planning ahead and stuff, obviously you you do have sponsors that are around your team, and you know you've had a lot of longstanding relationships with with stuff. Talk a little bit about your sponsorship setup um, with some of the partners that you do have. Now is a lot of it. Um, hey, we do a lot of business with this particular company and then they they help us out on like a B2B business-to-business situation or is it just because they love racing and they love the Lamartina family and they want to they wanna sponsor you? Yeah, no, nah, look, the the Fuchs deal that we've had now for nearly 20 years, uh, uh, it didn't, um, well, it sort of started off, it's a, it's a very funny story about um, Fuchs. Um, they first obviously came and approached us um, because they would like to we'll we'll use an alternative oil product um, on the farm and when we started racing with Darren Morgan driving um, um, the the rep from Fuchs come and seen us and said we'd like to sponsor your race car but more importantly obviously they would like to sell some product into the farm so we it was a bit of an interesting and they and Fuchs actually tell this story um, and they, they do enjoy it because it's a bit of a different one when it comes to sponsorship. We actually, I, we said to the folks, I said, listen, we don't mind, um, you know, supporting your company or your company supporting our race team, but first and foremost, before we are able to endorse your product, we need to know if it's any good. So what we did was we got a, a, a drum of their engine oil that we ran in one of our trucks because we run, we also too run, um, um, well, you call them eighteen wheelers, but we our trucks are probably a bit bigger than that over here. But they're um, huge. <laughs> so we run we run um, eighteen um, eighteen wheelers, if you would call them that. But yeah, we run eighteen trucks. Anyway, cut a long story short, we um, we put the product in one of our trucks, and between services, we didn't have to top up oil. So we thought, okay, here we go. The the product's good, and um, so essentially, we said to them before. <laughs> Before you can sponsor our race team, we need to know if your product's any good to put our name to your product. So um, it, it was an interesting one. They didn't haven't hadn't heard that one before, but 
since then we've uh, we've gone from you know strengths to strengths, and it's more you know the story with sponsorship. It's about relationship and our relationship with Fuchs and the MD um, at Fuchs has been long standing. Um, we're practically family there now. We're a great advocate and, and supporter of their, their products. We can go and talk about the products because we can touch and feel the product here on the farm, what the products are capable of. We know what the products can do. Um, if anyone uh, asked us about the Fuchs product, we can answer the questions. Um, all their engine oils, their transmission oils, um, hydraulic oils, their greases and all that sort of stuff. So we've been a great, like I said, ambassador um, for their product. So that's where that relationship has always been. We've had we've had other relationships um, over the you know over our years of um, racing that for some reason just never felt as comfortable as the Fuchs relationship, and they um, ended up having an expiry date. It just um, um, our expectations, I suppose, compared to their expectations, was just never quite met. Um, but with the Fuchs deal, we've just been able to. Um, just, just, it just feels right. Just feels comfortable, and and the and the negotiations, you know, every year for the sponsorship is is basically uh, about you know the farm and business and everything like that, and about five minutes on what we need for the next year, and and it's just a signed deal. How about yeah, that? Kid, hey, Jen, sorry, I got, a, I got a kid is losing his mind right now. Sorry. I love I love guests. I love guest hosts. <laughs> yeah, guest hosts, uh, aka yeah, my guest son. Yeah, exactly. I think he fell or something because I he was losing his mind and I I think he fell outside because he was outside. But anyway, uh, well, uh, here, Phil, I got a question for you then from that standpoint. Do you have business opportunities, right, carrot? Carrot phone. Do you look at the business opportunities for high performance and branching out and bringing other companies into Australia on like whether it's a distribution type angle to help high performance and help the Australian market grow because of the relationship that you've made with an oil company product for so many decades? I mean, have you guys ever looked at leveraging that or? trying something different in that in that manner because you've got such a a heritage name if you will it's it's interesting Fuchs um, the beauty about Fuchs is is they believed in a, in a, in a motorsport program so we have over here our top tier circuit racing over here is called V8 supercars and um, Fuchs have been involved in supercars for a very long time so they that's they take care of their automotive parts, like section with um, uh, uh, with the V8 supercars relationship. Um, but then, when you talk about um, uh, the farming aspects, and this is what we we do more on the agriculture side of things, they then they come to and they use the the leverage of our race team on the on that side of things with farming and mining. So, yeah, Fuchs have done it 
very well. They've they've partnered with some great people, especially um, internally as well as uh, and Cam knows the boys from YBI Creative. Um, they work closely with uh, with Fuchs as well. Um, but they they've done they've done that leverage yeah very well with their with their uh, supercar program um, uh, with inviting their guests for corporate you know hospitality at at events so um also to running competitions like you know um uh pit crew for the weekend um for like a a um you know mechanic shop with an apprentice or someone like that so they've they've leveraged the the relationship with ourselves and their motorsport program very well over the years so um yeah, it's been it's been a, like a, like that side of things has been a great relationship, and that's where we can relate to it. Okay, so we, we've had you on here for a while. You've obviously had a chance to run camp through the coals. Uh, we've cheerleaded <laughs> on some safety advocacy. We've talked a little marketing. Um, tell everybody before you leave where it is to follow you and your family and the Australian drag racing. Wait, 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 wait. No, we're not, we're not going there yet because I've been what? waiting all episode for Phil to bust your balls and we're not letting him out of here before we bust Don's balls a little bit here. So, Oh, oh, well fire. I mean, start the truck, step on the gas. Let's go. <laughs> I, I've got one little, how would you say? Well, how would you describe it, Cam? Like, what's a what is it? A pet peeve, or is it uh, a yeah, is, pet peeve? Maybe bone to pick oh, with Don I see how and, it is. and the rest got, of got tag team the, against Don going on. Yeah, maybe. No, no, it's just it's a conversation we've had over the years <laughs> with with Cam, and it's just I suppose it gets a little bit tiresome when we hear you know oh, our tiresome. our counterparts in the US calling your championships you know world championships when you haven't actually left your your country to compete on the world scene it's just interesting that you use that terminology and i think it's 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 not frustrating it's just i'm just i'm asking the question <laughs> find it strange that you call it a world championship without leaving the us of a <laughs> well I, and that's fair question fair question uh all right well, well hold on fair Donald observation now, fair observation. Use the wind, wind up and the pitch. <laughs> wind up and the pitch, just a bit outside. Um, I would venture to say, I probably would make the argument, right? You're, you're absolutely right. When we call it a world championship, I guess from the, the standpoint of if you looked at the stages, right? From a mark, like if you wanted to say it from like an event promotion or a marketing or or the attendance, or the population, or the the mm, bright lights, big it. city, bright lights, big city, right? So, and I and I guess I'm looking at it from the standpoint. I remember when 1984, the USA Olympic team, they're going right. They, it's all the NBA stars. It's Michael Jordan and Barkley and all of these guys, and they're they're the world champions. But they but they had to go to the Olympics. For anybody to consider them world champions, right? But you got Michael Jordan over here and, and so forth. So we don't have an Olympics of drag racing. 
right? Because obviously it would be. Don't they have the Nitro Olympics in Hockenheim? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> they probably call it that. So, you know, so I can get your point. I can understand how that would feel. Um, I always did because I'm from the IHRA days, right? So the Cowan family always came to IHRA. And, and then when the Rapacitas and Newbie and, and those guys would come come to the United States and be part of NHRA on the top fuel side or on the nitro scene. I always thought that was awesome, right? I just did. I always thought it was great when our racers, our drivers, would go down to Australia or go over uh, to England. Or, or I think we had an event over there one time. I'm really dating myself now. I think those are awesome opportunities. But to take away from the fact that this is like, this is the bar, this is the bar that we set, right? I, I mean, that's right. Push back in your chair, Phil. This is the bar, right? He's just digging so, himself deeper right no, now. No, it's not. I, I mean, I'm standing. I, I got a stool. I'll stand on that mug. It don't matter. It's the bar. I think if you, if you, take, if you, take, if you take any professional sports, there's always going to be a bar. There, there, it's going to be a bar. It's, and when I say that, we make the argument all the time in the United States, Phil, when people want to compare Alabama football to the worst professional NFL team and say, Phil, you know, Nick Saban's won 12 world or national championships in the NCAA. He should be able to take a team and go beat a professional football team, right? Because they're horrible. Everybody's got to have a bar. And we, we do. Now, that being said, Phil, Let's get the phones ringing and let's get a company <laughs> to bring y'all to the States and have oh, you, you compete on the bar stage. I because keep for him to do I, that. I, I, keep I, I mean, I keep I'm with him. you. I really am. Right. But, it, and so, and I'm a wrestling guy, right? So I'm all about the events. You got the WWF, right? It's called the world wrestling federation, but where did we wrestle at? In the United well, States. <laughs> And that's the thing is, like, it's going to be interesting if I ever came over there. It'd be like, oh, have a look at this punk coming from Australia. He reckons he's going to be able to do what he has to, beat us up. But at, at your stage, I'll, I probably wouldn't be able to do. But what I'd love to do is to get you guys to come over to Australia and then race on our soil and then see how we go. So, but it is interesting that we've had, like, a lot of, we have a, like a massive U.S. connection with, you know, like with Jimmo, um, you know, all the boys, like, um, th that's just been over and over. Lee Beard's come over um, over the years. We've Laganas. had just Laganas, just, you know, Richie's come over, Cam's come over, um, Dixon's come over, Corey Max come over, um, Caps has come over, um, Tommy Johnson's been over. So, um, had a ball, um, and it's been great, you know. Um, uh, Ashley Sanford comes over, like so. It's the the US Australia connection's been great, but I just over the years I just thought, you know, obviously just like to start a little bit of bit of stuff, bit of talk. But um, you know, we've got a we've got a what we call a top door slammer, but um, a pro mod you call a pro mod a racer yep. called John Zapier, absolute. Now, if I would say he would be a world champion um he's uh you know he's done he's done 
amazing things with cars that are heavier over the years um, and with less blower. So um, it's it's yeah, interesting. Nasty. Yeah, he's <laughs> he is nasty. Yeah, like man, driving. <laughs> like you watch him drive, man. It's crazy. Um, yeah, it's like back in the day. The analogy was uh, they used to. Uh, open the door, throw a bit of meat in there, and slam it <laughs> shut, and then he'd take off. And there'd be, yeah, he was savage. So he still is. But um, yeah. So anyway, now I just thought I'd uh, stir the pot a little bit. Would love, honestly, my thing to tick off. You know, my dream list and bucket list would be to come over and compete in the NHRA over there with 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 our own car, um, and and just with our own boys to come over just to. Yeah, just to, just to do it, I think it'd be fantastic one day. Oh, it'd be sick! It would be awesome. It, I, I don't know how. Look, we got, we got, you know, we call them blue chip companies in the United States, right? Fortune five hundred companies. We got to have blue chip companies on Australia. We just got to get some of these guys that got pins and checkbooks. We got to put them together in a boardroom and say, guys, we're going to put together the Australian drag racing team, and we're going to send them <laughs> to the United States. And we're going to show them that, you know, we do drag racing just as good as we do football, right? Because isn't that always the big thing, right? Australian football is better, is better than American football, right? That's what we, I hear it all the time. I think that's good. We got to put it together. Well, yeah, well, your football, I just, I, I, I tried to get into it, but it's just, it's just, you just struggle. Uh, it's because they wear helmets, right? That's, that's why they wear helmets, right? Yeah, well, and all the padding and everything. So, but you hit pretty hard, don't get me wrong. But, uh, yeah, it's just that stop, start, and let's consult. Let's go back. <laughs> or, uh, let's have a meeting. I don't know if that was all good. Let's get the tape measure out. Oh, no, just wait a little bit. Nah, this business, that's all bullshit. Um, <laughs> I haven't got time for that. It allows us to drink more beer, Phil. Yeah, I can. Yeah, that that's one good. Thing, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I I've made it my mission now. I'm putting it down on my sheet. I'm going to start re when I do my little research every day of new companies in the you know for sponsorship and marketing. I'm going to have to expand to to the to the east here as I reach over towards Australia. No one can see me reach, but I'm reaching towards Australia <laughs> to say, okay, we got to put together the Australian True. drag racing team and bring yeah, them to the United States. dream team, baby. Hey, you want to know what would be even better? Be like the best coverage. Bring them to the States during the countdown. That, yeah. Bring them to the States week, two weeks early, get some testing in, Get everybody acclimated to the weather conditions, right? And the track prep and everything that's done here in the United States. And then let cut them loose during the countdown and just maybe let them wreak havoc. Maybe even a deep stage. Now we're talking. Yeah, little deep. Hey, roll it in there. Roll it in there. If we're going to roll, let's roll deep. <laughs> Oh man, how could it, how does this not work? We can bring media from Australia. I mean, I mean, how does that not? I mean, it's right. It would be like the version of the Olympics. But the only thing we'll racing. have to we'll have to figure out is we'll have to get them a new transporter because theirs is like three hundred feet long down there in <laughs> Australia, so he won't be able to make a right hand turn on any of our U.S. highways. So we'll have to we'll have to run him a new eighteen wheeler. 
Well, we did, we'll have to, you know, we'll have to get some shipping containers and unload all that stuff, put it in there. We'll have, to, we'll have to, you know, it might not be 18 wheelers that they get to work out of, but it might just be like some stackers and, and stuff. We have, but uh, dude, we could totally put this together. It would be awesome yeah. media, right? I'm like seeing Netflix. That's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing like Netflix documentary series. The Australians come to kick the American ass. I that's like what it. I see. That's what I see. Who is the Australian <laughs> wrestler? Now I'm, I need to call PJ North up. I know. I know that. <laughs> I'm trying to remember who the Australian wrestler was. Oh man, I'm drawing a blank. But no, those are the types. Hey, we'll get you over here, Phil. We'll try to figure this out. We'll put some. We'll start stacking pennies right now to figure out how <laughs> how many pennies, <laughs> how many carrots do we got to sell? I want. <laughs> I guess we need to go. I need. I guess we need to go to 80,000 80, tons uh, <laughs> to pull this off. Not seventy. We got to get to eighty. All right, Phil. Well, tell everybody where to follow you, your family, your counterparts down down under, uh, and so they can keep up with you in this upcoming racing season that hopefully will not be impacted by COVID. Yeah, well, basically just on Facebook, uh, Lumatuna Top Fuel Racing um, on Facebook, and um, there's another link just to the carrot farm. Um, we've got uh, Rocky Lumatuna and Sons uh, Carrot Farm on Facebook too. So if anyone's interested in Give it a bit of a like, and um, just can just follow our our racing progress on on them, on that. So yeah, that's about it. You gonna right, let him well, go without asking him? Not a chance. After he oh, just okay. got done kicking me in the balls, I'm, no, I, I mean he's not getting out of here without answering the questions. All right, Ooh. Phil. Every guest that comes on the show gets two parting questions as they go. The first one, you get to send one Christmas card to anybody in motorsports, alive or dead. Who's it going to? I should have have had the answer for this one already, shouldn't I? I knew this was coming. I was going to say, you told everybody that you listened to the show. I'm starting (laughs) to doubt that. (laughs) Not because it's... Alive or dead? This ought to be easy. Christmas card. Oh, man. Uh, nah, this, He's speechless. It's, it's not, it's not it's just, this is a good thing, isn't it? Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Um, this oh, one is. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. one's good. Yeah, yeah. This, Next one, not so much. Yeah, yeah we always go. We always go out on a low note. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Christmas card to anybody alive or dead. Michael Schumacher, the Formula One driver. That's a good one. He's he's actually gotten a, a Christmas card before on the show. So yeah, yeah, that, that's oh, that's ha- good. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, we get most of a lot of our executive type older generation guests. They 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 pull out some history. When they when yep. they uh, when they're referencing people in motorsports, so uh, oh, especially for the Christmas card, especially for the Christmas card. Now, you get to send one WTF card to anybody in motorsports. Who are you sending the WTF to? And I don't know if they have WTF in Australia, but it stands for what the. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> just 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 checking. I I mean, still spelled the same. Don, yeah, still spelled yeah. the same. F U C A, yeah, H. <laughs> I'll be honest. This one, 
a little bit close to home, like I said, about the what we touched on earlier. But Oh, great. Uh, no, 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 no. Cam no. for lifting? No, <laughs> no, not Cam. No, no. No, it's it's still it's still a little bit the the Murph McKinney. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. Okay. I'll always I'll, put, yeah. I'll buy that. I'll buy that. Yep. But yeah, that's just gotcha. hard to let go. Well, that's a new one on the list for WTF. Mr. McKinney getting a WTF card. He is not he has not uh graced our show with a WTF yet, and now he has. On the list. He is on the list. I appreciate the opportunity to do that. Uh, absolutely. Nope. Hey, Dude, thanks Phil, for coming on. Yeah, absolutely. I, I can't – I mean, it's been a great, great interview. I, I mean, I like – you know, I mean, I'm sure there are other people out there that are going to listen and go, yeah, we hate that when you say world championship too, Don. Why you say that? You, why, Don? Why? Why, Don? Why you say that? So I, I appreciate you bringing that to light. Not that I'm going to stop calling it a world championship, but I appreciate you bringing it to light. And, and I really, really do like the idea of getting some companies together and bringing Bring in the Australian boys over here. They can show us how to cook shrimp and drink Foster's beer. And um, no, they got big knives. You got to bring a big knife to the to the starting line with some crocodile teeth and stuff. No, no, that's not no, how it works. Because, okay, two things. One is you'd never bring a knife to a gunfight. <laughs> Damn Skippy. And then there's the second one is we do not drink Foster's. Do not <laughs> It's crap. <laughs> so Fosters right. will not be on the uh, I was getting ready to say so. We're not, yeah, we're not calling Fosters up to see if they want to bring it to the States. No. Nope. Okay. All right. At all. You guys eat, uh, do you guys eat Outback? Down there, <laughs> do you eat well, Outback? No? No. <laughs> no. No, not at all. <laughs> What? I'm a marketing guy. No, you don't need Outback? Okay. Ah, Cross that one off the list. (laughs) (laughs) Phil, thanks for coming on the show, man. We really appreciate it. You are welcome back anytime. Reach out. Let us know. I've had a great time. My cheeks hurt. Uh, It's been been fun, and I appreciate the ribbing, and uh, hopefully we'll get to talk to you soon. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you very much, Phil. It's... uh, that you guys are if anybody knows that i'm a big advocate for not only australians but more in particular the lamatina family because they are like my extended family now and they they treated me like like i was their own down there and i i they hold a special place in my heart and you know your whole family not only just phil you know phil's phil's phil but you know his wife sarah and everybody like they they're they're all awesome people so thank you guys for everything and uh you know thanks for coming on the show man like don said anytime buddy not a problem. Appreciate it. And it's taken over 100 episodes to get there, but uh, <laughs> so finally got on the show. So I do appreciate it. Thank you. And um, yeah, no, to our family, to back yours. Uh, yeah, um, thanks. Um, yeah, we'll get over there soon, hopefully, when all this dust sort of settles. So it's good. All right. Thanks for having me, boys. All right, man. See you, sir. Yeah. Take care. Thank you, Dude, that yeah. was pretty cool. I appreciate Having Phil on the show was pretty awesome. He just uh, with with everything that he that he's talking about, that is uh, 
that's vile. I, I mean, that's viable. I mean, we really should put in some effort to try oh, hell to. Yeah. to that a, would just, I'm telling you, dude, he's a rad guy. His whole would, family is like that too. They're they're a riot. And you know what? My favorite part about their whole their whole setup that they have over there is it's a hundred percent family. Like they have like the his brothers and when he was talking about you know his brothers, like they're all part of the team. Like the 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 wives and there's a bunch of kids, you know, cousins and this. They're all there. They all love it. It's it's awesome. It's I wish like honestly like it was one of the best experience like when i put on that my memory thing on facebook the other day like one of the best racing experiences i've ever had like hands down well that's cool that, that's cool. so hopefully we can get him over here and show him a good ass time one of these days he I, actually I, they come here quite a bit they came to sonoma last year and uh him and his whole family came for vacation but we need to get him over here and get him in a car dude that'd be sick man that would be some good media right there some good marketing all right, well, let's let's continue on with the high notes on the way out the door. Shout out to Cruz Pentagon and his team getting a three-year contract with Snap-on. So, Cruiser making the move. Got some new experience. And I wouldn't say new experience. Got new to him crew and crew chief. Got some new bodies coming and some new chassis. Got a new car, too. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, uh, was that a DSR Snap-on. car, I'm assuming? I. I almost I'd want be, to. I'd assume. wager to say. Yeah, I, I mean, if it's a dollar, I'll take the bet that I'm pretty sure it's a DSR car. But if it's not, I'm sure we'll, somebody will send us a hate mail and let us know. Um, sad note, Phoenix. We already talked about that. How about big time uh-huh. note? Kyle Larson getting his second Dude. Driller Man Chili Bowl. Hell yeah! Dude, I don't know if you watched it, but I watched it all week on Flow Sports. Those of you that want to check out a lot of racing action, you should check out Floor Sports as you go. Um, but they had a lot of live streaming of the Chili Bowl, and it was awesome. And like, there was one night, I think it was like Tuesday night. Like, he came from the, I'm mean, like, was mind blown. I couldn't even talk after I was like yelling at the TV. The guy's an animal. And like, I mean, obviously he won the whole deal on the A main on Saturday night or whatever and got the driller. But I mean, that wasn't as exciting as some of the stuff during the week. But it was still awesome for him to win and, you know, put a cap on, or I guess to start off a good year for him. I mean, he's going back into NASCAR and all that stuff. So that's really cool. But dude, I want to go like, we need to broadcast live one year from freaking the chili bowl. Well, dude, we're going to have, uh, we're going to have one of the, uh, actually pit reporters. They'll be on the show here in the upcoming weeks, uh, that was out there for the chili bowl for a week. Uh, so we'll get to pick, pick that brain and see exactly what we need to learn but you're absolutely right i mean that's huge there's a lot of people involved in that a lot of the cup stars a lot of different stories i saw stories about uh, a driver that i believe had cerebral palsy that was still out there racing and competing in the chili bowl uh and i think the funniest thing that just made me raise my eyebrow because i'd never actually paid attention to it is is that the chili bowl does not pay very well no it's like ten thousand to win yeah, and so I was like, what? I mean, these guys are out there throwing down, but I also know that it was definitely the hometown feel, selling T-shirts out of the back of the haulers, everybody being in a relaxed environment. Uh, so that was kind of cool to hear about. But, yes, we need to put it on the list that we need to go to the Chili Bowl. Um, side note, laugh, ha, ha, was the fact that the Chili Bowl had a delay between the B main and the A main for track prep. And I, I thought that I had to give myself a little chuckle there inside when I, 
when I was reading. It was a the while. Like, they tore that sucker up. Like I was watching it live, and it it was it was yeah. a good little while there. But uh, I mean, so, good for them for like standing up and like doing something about it. I mean, right. pant, like hats off to the promoters and stuff. There, hey, we don't want this to be a stupid one line race. So that was pretty rad that they they literally got the like the spikes out there and they're like rototilling the whole thing. Oh, that's hey, anytime that they take advantage of it and knock it out, that's good. <laughs> All right, so look, we're gonna I want to close up. Here's what we're gonna do about our hate mail. We're gonna have him on the show. It's the easiest way. For us to have the discussion, and I think the discussion will impact other people from that standpoint, talking about somebody that's wanting to build a brand, and they're out there, and they're they're grinding away at it. So I'm going to reach out this week, get in touch. We're going to get them scheduled, have them on the podcast, and we're just going to deep dive right in to one-on-one with helping somebody about building their brand and growing in the direction. We're just going to have a business talk right here on the podcast. I, I tried reading through the hate mail. I tried making some notes, and I'm like, there is just no way that I am going to be able to give enough information that I felt like would be impactful enough, resourceful enough to an individual and their question. I just I – just, I, I, had to quit writing i'm like i am there's no way i'm going to be able to do this in a sh- in a 10 or 15 minute segment we just need to have him on the show so we'll reach out are you going to give him. a little tidbit who that person's going to be no 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 i don't want <laughs> he knows who he is he knows who he is and and i know that he'll reach out uh and we'll, and we'll get it uh we'll get it lined up but yeah we the next few weeks we've got a lot of people uh got some big names that are going to be coming on that i'm excited about talking to so it just it just would behoove everyone if we just have him on the show and and throw down. I think that'd be the best way. Cool. I'm into that. All right. Well, that's going to be as that goes out. That's my manscape moment. We are going to make sure that we trim up our audience, keep them all nice and happy, and we are going to bring uh, one one of the best hate mail questions for sure on the show and we're going to manscape it clean it all up well, heck we may even have to throw the 3.0 and let that be the segment sponsor for that one because it's going to be epic to get all cleaned up for the new year head over to manscape.com drop that r-i-r-c in there crop mops boxers the 3.0 get your kit get ready to go new year's is over valentine's day is coming all right, so if you're that guy that you just you break up with everybody on you know the week before Valentine's Day and then you get back together with them the week after so you don't have to buy roses and, and chocolate and expensive dinner. But if you enjoy. are going to buy roses, you should hit up our <laughs> boy Tom over at Cold I, Hard Art. Get you a bouquet of Cold Hard Art roses for sure. I brought some back to my lovely family of ladies and they love them and they're in the bathroom and every time i walk in i see them in a vase against the mirror and that makes me happy but do yourself a favor make somebody else happy get the 3.0 perfect package manscape drop it in there r-i-r-c at checkout save 20 percent off get yourself free shipping and you'll be ready for valentine's day cam what's up dude dude been yeah. a rough week Yes. That was a great show. Yes, 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 yes. And, okay. But, dude, it's only Wednesday. 
even though this is coming out on Saturday. It's only Wednesday, so there's still time for us to make it a good week. And I'm all about ready to make it a good week. I'm going to have a daughter soon. And to add to the screaming. Yeah. <laughs> bullet, dude, that was wild. <laughs> apparently, yeah, he yeah. Lo- apparently he lost it at grandma and grandpa's house across the street, which ended over here. So Gotcha. Well, look, clue your kid. I thought he fell. That's why I had to go run out there. I thought he was like, I thought he was dying. I thought he was hurt. I thought we were going to the ER, not for the wife, but for the son. <laughs> yeah, well, clue your kid in. I know his dad gets a residual check for Jack Frost. Tell him he's not getting a residual check for being on racers and rental cars. He's a long ways away from that. <laughs> I will let him know. You let him know. I don't know how if you got to spell it out in SpaghettiOs or whatever you got to do, but you let him know. <laughs> yep. Hey, man. Other than that, make sure you reach out to all the rest of our sponsors, by the way. Hit up our boy, Alex Dreiler, and all the things that he's got going on over there. Yes, did you see that him and Ford knocked it out of the park and they're offering free lessons, I think through like the middle part of February. Go over and check out his website. And I thought that was awesome. Ford made that impact and they were like, hey, we need to educate some people. Uh, Let us buy a a few months worth of free lessons. And so now you can just go over to Alex's site, log in and you get get your learn on for free. So there you go. You heard it here. At racers and rental cars. And, you know, Don, you did say something about the old uh, Valentine's Day, but I think a lot of people out there, their boyfriends, maybe even their wives or girlfriends, um, they need themselves a race pack. I said race pack hoodie because I used to say that all the time, but they actually need <laughs> Isn't that weird? <laughs> Fuck, it's been two years and I said that. Uh, probably because I actually did like 19 race pack things this weekend for other people. Um, and it's on the brain, but they need a racers and rental cars hoodie for Valentine's day. And maybe slip one of Tom's little metal roses in the, in the little pocket there. There you go. That sounds like a nice little gift bag. And then you could put some CBD MD freaking gummies in there. So that way it's like a, it's like the, it's like a kangaroo pouch and it has a lawnmower 3.0 in there. It's got some CBD MD gummies. It's got maybe even a K&N mask in there. You should check out those. Those are pretty cool over at K&N.com. Um, yeah. I mean, little Alex Dreiler tips in there. Man, that, that's a hell of a goodie bag. We should just put that together and just raffle one off. Yeah, I mean, and then you got your cold heart Art Rose. You can sit down on the couch, tune into Flow Sports. You can ha- have a smile on your face from eating the CBD MDs. You can be all cleaned up from the Manscaped. Looking stylish in your racers and rental cars hoodie. Dude, sounds like a winner. Now all we need is a Netflix membership. little Netflix chill. Dude. That's, and a, maybe it's some popcorn sponsorship. We'll have to work on that because that would be a hell of a gift basket. I am not lying, dude. We we totally need the – we've been talking a lot about Netflix. We need to get Netflix to show us. <laughs> I know. They just <laughs> need just a couple cameras doing a live feed of us trying to yeah, do a podcast. It's just riding right into the ground. Absolutely. All right, Cam, I'm done. You too. I'm spent. I got nothing else for you. Bye-bye. We'll see you next week, folks. See you. Thank you for downloading this episode of Racers and Rental Cars. This episode has been brought to you in part by Streetway Marketing and Media, Voice America for all of your podcasting needs, K&N Air Filters, Manscaped.com, CBDMD, Motion Raceworks, and LB Trailer Sales. 
Be sure to use the RIRC promo code at any of the listed sponsors. We appre- they appreciate your business, and we'll see you next week.